This is a Woodside Church podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your welcome. I just love it. My, uh, my wife is here with me. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for all your support, guys, and your prayer. Uh, we're seeing God moving in the West, and we thank God for what he is doing. Um, really, I really appreciate all your support and praise. Great. Well done. Um, let's, um, uh, I went to West, and I saw some changes, and I said, oh, I see some changes already. And people were like blinking, what? What were? Tim has had a hacker. And they said, oh, yeah. He said, oh, well, that was the change. Nothing has changed from the first service to the second now. It's just that you see new friends now. That's good. Right. We'll kick into our, our uh, series, Mark His Words. We are looking at the book of Mark. And the topic that we are looking at is dead and buried. This is a sequence of events that happens at the end of the life of Jesus. Right? This is what we're looking at. I have a six-year-old son who's called Elisha, and I have a three-year-old, she's going to be three, three-year-old Jessica. Um, and uh, we have taught her something as, as parents. You know, we taught her to pray. We, say, we taught her to say, thank you, Jesus, you know, for everything. It's a good thing, isn't it? Good thing to say, thank you, Jesus. She's just three-year-old, and she wants to pray. Every time we pray together, she says, I want to pray, I want to pray. Okay, go on. Say, what do, you, what do I say? Just say, thank you, Jesus. You know, you thank Jesus for everything that we've received. It, it's, it's, uh, he is, uh, uh, what to say, worthy of all that praise. Yes, say, thank you, Jesus. And what here, uh, she does, this is what we've taught, but now she's added bits to it. And when she prays, she's, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Come again. Italy dosa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Come again. Italy dosa, thank you Jesus, thank you for the cross, come again, Italy dosa, I've just done it three times, she does it about 25 times, 30 times, it goes on and on and on and on, it comes a point um, in Jesus' name, Papa, I haven't finished praying, Papa, thank you Jesus, thank you for the cross, and this good, I don't know who taught her, Italy dosa as well, and again, I didn't know who taught her, thank you for the cross, that, that was amazing, sometimes you think, oh, it's the same prayer all over again, but so beautiful. It's something really, really great to be thankful for. Really, really, really. That's what we're going to look at. Why we thank Jesus. How does that impact my life, your life, our life today? And how this is going to impact the life that is to come. Yes. So let's uh, uh, move in and let's read the story. Let's read from Mark, from his account. Mark 15 um, Verses 21 to 32. Please follow me as I read. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, 
one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. We, if, you, if you have read through the scriptures, if you have read through uh, the um, gospels, the story of Jesus, you will see Jesus was never at the receiving end. He was always at the giving end. It was the people who were at the receiving end. Jesus, my daughter isn't well. My daughter is dead. Please come and do something. Jesus, my son isn't well. Jesus, I'm going through heaps of problems. Jesus, I'm going through struggle. They come to Jesus and what they do, they receive freedom. They receive deliverance. They receive healing. They receive joy. They receive peace. They receive acceptance. This is what they have been receiving from Jesus. Jesus was in the giving end. But towards the end of the story, something goes wrong. And now Jesus is at the receiving end. If anybody is there uh, who's reading the Bible for the first time, who would think, who would guess what is going to happen from now on, if they read the story, what would they guess? What would they guess? The way how it was going on, how you know, Jesus was doing wonderful things in, in, in the gospel at the early stages. Oh, wow, definitely. If the halfway through you stop it and ask them, what do you think is going to be the ending? They would say, this person must have been you know, made the king. This person must have been made a very high official in the whole place. And everybody would have followed him and said, you are great. You should be with us. Sadly, that was not the story. That was not the story. He has ended up to this position, crucified on a cross or outside publicly in shame before all the people being mocked, being bullied, being, you know, uh, 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 being laughed at. He's become a laughing stock now. Is there anyone who's seated here, you think, who's been through this? Been through this mocking? Been through this bullying? You're seated here. Have you heard such words from your husband? Have you heard, have you heard such words from your wife? Have you heard such words from your parents? Have you heard such words from your you know, children? You are rubbish. You are useless. Ever since you came into my life, my life has turned like this. You are the reason. You are the cause. You, you, I, I don't even understand why you even, please get out from my face. Don't, 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 I don't even want to look at your face. Just get out. Have you heard such mockery? Have you heard such insults? Have you been receiving this? Have you been in the receiving end? You might sit there and say, well, yes, but nobody can understand that. Nobody can understand. Hudson, you won't understand. Yes, I may not understand. But there's one who can understand. There's one who's been through what you are going through now. There's one it will make absolute sense to when you are saying. Even before you open your mouth to speak to God, to say, to, to Jesus, to say, you know what I'm going through? His answer would be, I know. 
I know I can feel exactly what you are feeling at the moment. I can feel why I've been through this. They have done this to me too. I've tasted this. Now you ask the question, why this, should, why this story should end up like this? Why suddenly this? Why, you know, it's a cross such cruelty against it. He, he, we, we, we have read that. He hasn't done anything wrong. Why this should happen? Always it's good to, you know, um, go to the beginning of the story. I've asked myself this question. How good it would be where there's no evil in the world? How good it would be where there's no pain in this world? How good it would be? There's no sickness. There's no cancer. There's no headache. There's no pain. Wow. Amazing. You know what, friends, let me tell you something. The Bible says, the Word of God says, it was like that at the beginning. It was like that perfect harmony, perfect love. Everything was perfect, no pain, nothing, full of joy. If you had gone them to say, um, uh, do you know about pain? What are you talking about? We can't understand. How do you even spell it? What is that? That kind of a feeling. Because they don't know, they have never seen that. But now, if our lives have turned into such turmoil, what happened in between? Again, the Bible, the word of the Lord, has an answer to this. It says, because of entry of sin into the world, because of one man's disobedience, this came into effect. What happens was, this was a contract put before them, but the contract had a little star with the conditions apply, which they failed to read which was not presented to them. It was presented in such a way, so tiny, like now they do in loads of advertisements, you know, free, buy one, get one free, 50% off, and there's a... Yeah, like that. This was when it presented. You eat of the fruit, your eyes will be open, you will become like God. Wow. Conditions apply, didn't work. What did happen? As sin entered the world, as sin entered, there was an immediate effect into their life. Immediate effect. As they entered, the Bible says, I'll just, you know the story, I'm just going to quickly tell the story. As soon as they ate of the apple, when sin entered them, they saw that they were naked. They were saying, have I been like this all this while? Oh, no, don't look at me. I don't want anybody to look at me. They ran and covered themselves with leaves, the Bible says, shame came upon them. Shame came upon them. Suddenly they hear the voice of God. Adam, all this while when this voice was heard, when, this noise, when the sound came, oh, God is here, let's go. Now they are listening to this word. God, oh no, God is here, run and hide, run and hide. They go and hide. Fear came into effect. Fear came into effect because of sin. They're sitting there crying, why did I ever do this? Oh no, I should have thought I shouldn't have done this. Guilt came into their life. Guilt came, the immediate effect of sin. This was it. And, and as the story goes on, God said, because you have sinned, because sin has entered you, this land is cursed. So you, with pain and toil, work the land for your living. And that's when pain, sickness, struggle entered. This is the curse of sin upon us. And finally, God said, I am a God of purity. 
I am a God of holiness. I never can compromise and I can never say, it's okay, impurity is okay, you can stick. No! Because sin has entered your life, you cannot, I cannot associate with evil at all. I cannot associate with impurity at all. So he had to drive them away. The ultimate consequence of sin was separation. Was separation, was death. This is the venom of sin. This is the venom of sin. And Jesus tasted the venom of sin. He suffered emotionally, shame, fear and guilt. He suffered physically, pain and sorrow was upon him. He su suffered spiritually. He underwent death and separation, the Bible tells us. I'm just going to read a verse from uh, Isaiah. Isaiah 53 uh, verses 3 says, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom uh, people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you something. Now you got to, you're allowed to talk, yeah? So you can tell, what's this? Nappy, well done. Well done, mommy. Good. Well done. Okay. Um, daddies, what's this? <laughs> uh, in the West, it was the other way around. The daddy comes up with nappies. Right, okay. Um, this is nappies, okay? I've got a daughter. She gets to use it sometime. So what we say, we carry it, in, we buy in bulk, we buy in bags, we keep it in our bag, handbag, suitcase. We keep it in our um, uh, cupboard. It, it goes everywhere. It's got so much honor. It's got so much respect. And it's, it's so much need. We, we like it. We need it. Have you taken the nappies? Oh, come on. Oh, precious. And it goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Who said that? Ooh. I like that. What's this? Dirty nappy. Dirty Who wants it? So even I'm very careful when I'm carrying it. I'm just, uh, ooh. In the first service it happened, again in the West it happened. I said, as soon as I took that, when they saw it, ooh. It's the same nappy, guys. It's the same nappy which used to go into our bag, which used to go into our cupboard, which we look at, oh, we need it. It's the same nappy, guys. Why now this change? Why now this ooh, ooh? It finds its place as quick as possible, the bin. Check it out, check it out, take it out, now. Do you understand? Guys, this is the effect of sin in our life. This is the effect of sin. Ooh, ooh. Jesus was despised. Jesus was looked at like that. Ooh, this man deserves to be beaten up like that. This man deserves to be you know, crucified on the cross. Ooh! You and I happen to be like this. And Jesus faced the consequence. He tasted the venom of sin to the full, to the last drop. Is this what you can do to me? Come on. Bible says he stood there silent. He was given a kind of an anesthesia, the wine, you see, mixed with myrrh. That usually helps uh, anybody who's being crucified to bear the pain. The Bible says he refused it. I will take it to the full measure. I will take it to the full degree. 
This is what I am. Jesus tasted the venom of sin. Jesus tasted the ooh, ooh. He did. Let's move on. I would like to read the story from there. What happens? I'm going to read from there. Isaiah, uh, sorry, uh, Mark 15. Cool. Mark 15, verses 33 to 37. At noon, darkness came over the land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Jesus breathed his last. Jesus suffered spiritually. He suffered separation. He underwent everything that we, you and I, should have undergone. Let me explain this to you. I used to work in a science lab. We used to grow microorganisms. If anybody is used to that or anybody understands what I'm saying, we used to grow microorganisms on a, a, a Petri dish. They call it a Petri dish, and it's got jelly-like stuff on there. We call it medium on which we grow microorganisms. Okay? What we have is, but this needs to be done in whatever experiment we do on that, because anything will grow on it. The, the air here, they say it's got million of, millions of bacteria, millions of microorganisms in this. Okay, you expose that medium, which is rich in nutrition, to the air. You close it, you will see that microorganisms will grow soon. Okay, this is the case of it. So if you need to do a, a particular experiment with a particular microorganism, you need to do in a unit called laminar airflow. What happens in this is UV sterilized pure air is being pushed with force from the top and from inside like that. Okay? Full. The, the, this is, keep, is being generated continuously, and this air is being forced out like this. And there's a small opening. You open the door. It's a glass door. You, you lift the door. You put your hands through, and then you work. You do all sort of stuff with the, you know, the Petri dish, which is all sterile, uh, absolute sterile environment. You might say, when I open the door, the outside environment will go in. No, that is what has been designed. The air, the pure air from inside with such force will push anything that comes into it. So that way it keeps, it doesn't allow any impurity to get from outside in there. The whole area in there is pure and sterile. But sometimes when we are doing the, we are men, right? So when you're doing experiments, what we do is accidentally or somehow we take the plate off. We take the plate out of that airflow. You know what happens to that plate then? We take the pen, we write contaminated. We write contaminated. Now this has lost its place. It can never go back in there because you are taking an impurity in there. That's not allowed. It cannot. It has no part in there. As soon as that, it goes contaminated. What it needs to face is something called autoclaving. Uh, you know, deep heat to kill and destroy the contamination in there. 
and that is what it deserves and that is what is due upon it and this cannot go into the purity. Now, this impurity, this purity in this unit, they have no connection. There's a wall now. There's a wall between this and that. So you cannot go in there. What happened was when man sinned, when man sinned, and, and uh, what happened was, from God's point of view, we all became contaminated. We all, through one man, all those who came, out of, uh, in, uh, came from Adam, we all have become contaminated. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. This is what is due upon us. This is what is due upon us. And once contaminated, we can't get back in there. Once contaminated, we cannot get back into the purity. It's impure. It needs to be destroyed. What? Because sin brought condemnation to all mankind, it brought three things. It made us weak and powerless. The Bible says it made us powerless. It made us weak. So we have no control over sin. Now you don't have an option that says, I, hang on a minute, I did not sign for that. Like how we do it so many times. I did not sign up for that. I'm breaking the contract. Come on, I quit. No, you can't do that. Because you don't have the right and the power to do so. You have come under the control of sin. We and we have made powerless. Now we get like how the petri dish gets a new name called contaminated. We get a new name called sinners. Guys, understand one thing. We are not sinners because we sin. We are not sinners because we sin. We are sinners and that's why we sin as a consequence. We are sinners and that's why we sin. The Bible says we are born in sin. We are born in sin. We get a name called sinners. And now there's enmity that is developed between us and God, between mankind and Him. This impurity cannot get back into the purity because it's contaminated. Nothing can be done. You and I cannot do anything about it. You and I cannot any, uh, do anything about it. You know what? God loves us so much. Because we are contaminated, because we are condemned, because this is all upon us, God doesn't say, no, there's one way he could deal with it. He's a God of justice. He's a God of justice. He's God of perfect judgment. One way he could deal with it. Let me pour out my condemnation on it. Let me destroy it. Let me autoclave it. Let's do that. But he knows you may be sitting here, and, but what did I do? Somebody sinned and now I'm in sin. What did I do? Exactly, he knows. He knows. What can you do? What can I do? We cannot do anything. And the Bible, there's another verse that says, if I continue to sin, it's not me, but the sin in me make me do all these things. Make me live in addiction. Make me do wrong stuff. Make me be a horrible person. It's because of the sin in me. And it's not the symptoms that we need to deal with. It is the actual root cause of the symptoms, which is sin. And God wants to deal with it. And God wants to deal with it. He wants to destroy it. He wants to destroy it. But you know how he did it? You know how he did it? He substituted Jesus in your place and my place. I love you so much. I love you so much. I don't want to destroy you. But I won't take sin as well. 
So on the cross, where Jesus hung on the cross, why suddenly all this happened? The sin of the world, the Bible said the sin of the world was placed on Jesus. The sin of the world was placed on Jesus. And he took the cross. He took death. And the complete condemnation, the complete wrath and the rage of God was poured out on Jesus. He substituted. Just imagine, somebody is in a debt, a big debt, which they can never, 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 ever pay for. Finally, they've given up. And the lender comes in and says, from now on, we, take, we know you cannot do anything, so we take complete control over you, complete control over your possession. Now you are ours and you do what we say. And they are right about to go in chain. And suddenly somebody steps in between. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Please let them go. Whatever you want to do to them, do to me. Do to me. I offer myself. I offer myself. Guys, it's not that Jesus couldn't get out of this situation. It was not that Jesus couldn't. There's another incident you see if you read in Luke 4, where you see people wanted to throw Jesus away from a hill. They dragged him, pushed him. You know what the Bible says? He walked through them. It's not that he was, he can't do it. He is God, but he stood there silent, substituting your place and my place. Receiving the venom of sin completely. Receiving the condemnation. Receiving the rage and the wrath of God on him completely. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all to the last penny. Jesus paid the debt to the last penny. Now you and I who believe in him are free. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. You want to sing with me? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Yes. Jesus paid it all. He substituted. He paid it to the full. God's wrath was satisfied there. Yes, I cannot deal with sin, but sin now is substituted. You know what? Let's move on. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. This is absolute God's plan. It was not the nails that held Jesus on the cross. That's what they were thinking. That's what they were saying. If it is you, oh, you're nailed on the cross, come down so that we will believe. No, it was not the nails that held on the cross, but it was deep, deep, deep love for you and me, for the generations to come, for mankind itself. What was lost at the beginning to be rectified? What was separated at the beginning to be united? To be united with the Father. This was God's plan. He planned everything accordingly. And Jesus submitted to the plan. Jesus submitted to the plan. Hallelujah. Yes. Why Jesus had to do this? This is a demonstration of love. Perfect demonstration of love. We sometimes have questions in our life and say, God, if you really love me, solve my problem. God, if you really love me, answer my questions. God, if you really love me, 
react in a way that I'm expecting you to react right now. You know what God says? I love you. I love you. I am dealing with a bigger problem that you are, a bigger crisis which you are not able to, bigger, 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 much bigger thing where you are stuck and you are unable to do anything. I'm dealing with it. I'm solving that problem now on the cross. You're looking for answers? God says, even before you ask the question, I've answered. I've answered. You just have to believe. You're expecting me, expecting me to, uh, you know, uh, uh, act, react, and say, I have reacted even before you asked. The Bible says, while we were still weak, Jesus died for us. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. While we were still his enemies, Jesus died for us. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. Why? Why? Believing now in Jesus, we might have new life. There was one tree, there was one fruit. Man took and ate of that fruit. And because of that, sin entered the world. Condemnation came upon him. But now, God the Father, he's got another tree. That was in the Garden of Eden now. It's in the Mount of Golgotha in Calvary. There's another tree, which is called the cross. Another fruit hanging there, which is called Jesus. Which is called Jesus. Come and take part of this fruit. Just as how man fell because of taking that fruit. Now, if you take this fruit in belief, you will receive new life. What is this new life? Sin made us weak, but now, through Christ, Jesus nullified the power of sin in our lives and he makes us powerful. He makes us powerful to conquer. Uh, he makes us powerful to overcome sin and problems in our life. He makes us powerful. No more weakness. It is through God. It is God's plan. He gives us a new name now. He labels us something new. Righteous of God. Sinners of God? No. Righteous of God. Righteous of God. Righteous, he gives us a new name. He gives us a new relationship. That which was separated, impurity, purity. Because of Jesus, he's created a way. As moment, we were under condemnation. We were impure, contaminated. Jesus here has paid the price. He has paid. When he looks at it, it's pardoned. It's been dealt with completely, paid for. When you and I believe in Jesus, we Come under Jesus. This is how God looks at us. When he looks at me, when he looks at you, those who believe, what he can see is Jesus over us. Yes, sins have been pardoned. Sins have been forgiven. The consequences have been paid for. The debt has been paid for. We enjoy strength. We enjoy righteousness. And we enjoy a new relationship that transforms our life, your life, that transforms every other relationship, that affects every other relationship. God has made the way. It is God's plan. This is Jesus for you. This is demonstration of love. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.